this is Coach's Chat, and I'm Betsy Foster. You're in for some thoughtful conversations with fitness industry professionals, musings on current topics in the wellness field, and actionable advice for building a thriving career as a fitness professional. At Foster Strength, my mission is to lead and educate colleagues in the fitness industry to deliver client-centered coaching that gets clients real results built on sound scientific principles, encourages them to build a long and fulfilling relationship with exercise, and disrupts toxic fitness culture to foster an inclusive industry. Let's get going. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Coaches Chat. Betsy here. I hope you're having a great day as you are listening to this. I hope this is going to provide some helpful insight for you and give you some applicable tools when it comes to giving advice. That's what we're talking about today, giving advice. And I'll say most of this is going to be about pretty much not giving advice. So there is There's an idea as personal trainers, as coaches, that with our exercise knowledge, with our nutrition knowledge, that we are best suited to give out advice to our clients on their behaviors. And maybe that's a little bit of us thinking about like how much we'd like to help them, how much we'd like to be in support of them, and knowing and being confident in what we know. So part of that stems from our own really secure belief in our knowledge and our desire to help, as well as maybe the assumption from our on our client's end that we will have all the answers for them, that we will have the sage advice that will ultimately get them to their goals. And I'm not going to say that we don't. We may have the answers, but sometimes having the answers means nothing relative to can this client adopt these behaviors? Can they take this advice? Are they ready for this advice right now? Are they actually going to hear this advice? Are they going to be able to apply it in their world? And that is why typically this advice, the idea of just doling out advice, doling out what we think someone else should do, isn't all that effective because it doesn't take into account, particularly if it's just giving advice, it doesn't take into account the individual needs, lifestyles, challenges that a client faces, as well as sometimes we give advice that someone isn't ready for. And that could be from a sort of behavioral standpoint. Maybe they don't have the tools in place or the time or the money or the energy to make these happen, these like things that we're suggesting happen, as well as it can come from a real psychological block to when you hear something that someone suggests you do, are you really willing to take that on? Do you Do you inherently sort of create some opposition against that advice because you believe that you won't be able to do it, that you believe that you will fail at it? 
And so that's what I want to talk a little bit about today, about how we can switch from that idea of like giving advice, knowing that probably I don't know that that's going to work and be, and get in conversation with our clients and allow them to do more of the strategizing with our support and with our expertise about what is going to work for them when they're ready for it as it relates to exactly what they want to do. It goes back to a conversation I'd had in a previous episode a little bit about borrowed goals and that idea that if someone isn't really truly invested in that thing they're trying to achieve, are they going to be able to take the steps to actually achieve it? And and getting that in tune with what someone really wants, what someone is really looking for is, is very challenging and is likely maybe just them that knows that, maybe a partner or a close friend or something, but typically just them. And so if we're trying to play a guessing game, that doesn't, isn't always very effective. So we're actually going to let them do most of that work, spoiler alert. But first I just, I want to go back to sort of why maybe you have given advice to clients before and why it hasn't worked before. Because you might be thinking like, man, this person comes in, they say they want this. I give them all this advice. I know this stuff. And and you're probably maybe getting frustrated because you're thinking like, well, is the, maybe you're, you're wondering if some of the advice you're giving, if if it's incorrect, especially if you're new, you're like, I thought this would be the thing that worked and it doesn't. Or you're getting frustrated because they just won't do what you told them to do. In both of these scenarios, it's likely that they're not just not doing what you told them to do. And it's not likely that you are entirely wrong in any of these cases. It just might be that sort of borrowed goal idea as well as it wasn't the right choice for them. So when you're giving advice just to someone without a lot of their input, it feels like someone's being told what to do. And I don't know about you, but when someone tells me what to do, I don't always really want to do it. I want it to originate from a more organic, um, personal, inherent place for me versus letting someone else tell me what to do. And and we see this with like kids. Kids want autonomy. Um, And so do adults as well. We know that from from a behavioral science standpoint, we know that adults are looking for autonomy as well. And so that autonomy is the idea that they can do something on their own. And when you're just told what to do, maybe even told how to do it in um, that sort of advice form, you are going to sort of maybe butt up against that idea because someone is trying to sort of take your autonomy away from you. I also think there's a belief that sometimes our knowledge inherently is going to always be the thing that helps someone. And I think for anyone who is working with a human being, not a robot, we have to understand that the science of things that the like plain information is only going to go so far because we're dealing with a human being who is more than numbers, who is more than calories in, calories out, who is more than times they can go to the gym a week. They are people with feelings, with relationships that they are um, navigating, with obstacles they're navigating, with their own hopes, dreams, things like that. You understand what I'm saying in that Like the science in a book 
is terrific, but it doesn't always take into account the real person on the other end. And so your vast knowledge, while really valuable to someone in theory, may just not be right at a given time or may not apply to this. So while you may have the perfect advice for them, just giving it out, I mean, you can always say it, that you run the risk though of sometimes like always telling someone what you think would be best for them and them coming up on this sort of feeling that you're not really listening to what they're asking for or what they need. But also you just might be giving something that they're not ready for. So we just have to, we have to let our egos chill a little bit and realize sometimes that our knowledge isn't inherently going to be the answer to everybody's question. And if we give the science out, if we dole out the right information, but they don't achieve and we get frustrated at them, we're setting up even a more explosive situation that I promise you is not going to result in positive results toward that goal. It's not going to move the needle in that way. Instead, it's likely to stall them, have them seeking out another trainer or give up training Altogether. So we really want to avoid that situation too. And that's where sort of just um, waxing poetic about the things we read in a book may be not appropriate at all times. I'm, I'm with you on like wanting to share all the information you have at all times. It's just not always appropriate. And then sometimes we give advice and we probably give really good advice. One of the examples I'm thinking about is like people who are kind of commonly saying you need to move outside of the time that you're resistance training. And this can be a low intensity walk. Um, Probably getting your steps up is going to improve your NEAT and you are going to um, burn additional calories through that, and it's going to add to your overall activity level. And you probably need to do that in accompanying your resistance training workouts to reach your goal. Terrific advice, not overbearing advice, maybe, you know, like point blank, kind of like good information if that's appropriate for that person. But what I didn't provide when I gave that advice were like, how do you make that work? And what I didn't consider, or at least I didn't say I was considering when I talked to that person, that they may really struggle to find the time to get that extra walking in. So can you talk them through, it only takes two or three minutes? Can you walk around the house at some point? Can you park farther away? You know, all of those sort of strategies while you may think they're pretty um, like uh, obvious, the client may not. And they may just need the additional tools to actually help strategize around that. You may, you know, the, the person may only have late at night and then it's dark and they don't feel safe walking. And you've told them the thing they can do and you've made it sound really simple And then they're even more frustrated because it should be simple. I should be able to do it, but I don't feel comfortable doing it. And then I'm just going to, I'm just, it's not really worth it anyway. Okay. That's an extreme, but it is something where sometimes we provide an idea and we don't show them how to complete that habit. We give them a, a strategy, but we don't take all the, show them all the steps. And sometimes that might be the piece that's missing because again, Something that is, I think, pretty, that needs 
that bears repeating is the fact that a lot of people know or at least have the basic foundation of what it takes to reach certain goals, of what quote-unquote healthy behaviors are, on what um, protective factors against disease are, things like that. People understand some of those concepts. It's not necessarily not knowing what it is. It's about knowing how it applies to their life. And part of being a personal trainer is starting to take these bigger concepts, these bigger ideas that you could Google in an article and help them apply to their individual life. So that's a lot of times why advice doesn't work. So here's my big tip. And I say this, this I think applies in almost all circumstances. Don't give advice if it wasn't asked for, okay? Think about a friend that you have or like a relationship you've had where you've offered some advice that they didn't ask for and they didn't like it. That sets up a pretty like feisty or fiery or sort of combative, combative is what I'm looking for, combative relationship dynamic. And that's not going to be very helpful or useful. And it's certainly not going to be helpful in terms of being able to sort of turn their mindset around about adopting new behaviors that you suggest. So in general, we don't want to stick our nose in when we haven't been asked for some advice. So I would always say, with one caveat, I would always say, let them ask for the advice before you offer it. There are certain circumstances where like, it's going to happen naturally in a session, and as long as it's appropriate, that's fine. But I'm saying like, if, if their goal hasn't at all been around the kinds of food they're eating, and then you tell them to change their, give them the advice of changing the kinds of foods they're eating, they didn't ask for that. That isn't even a part of sort of the, the dynamic that you've created, and now you've overstepped. My caveat for like when you should offer advice is probably referrals if you're worried about their safety. So I'm thinking about someone who's displaying sort of disordered eating behaviors for which you believe they need um, medical treatment or supervisory treatment from someplace that falls without your scope, uh, maybe injuries, stuff like that, any of that. That seems like an appropriate opportunity to offer some advice if, even if they haven't asked for it with the understanding that any of those kinds of conversations can be tremendously difficult, highly personal, and um, require some like gentle ease about them, some um, understanding about like respect, as well as uh, realizing that sometimes people aren't ready to hear those kinds of things. But if you are concerned about someone's safety, health, things like that, um, and you feel like they're in danger or they're going in a path that may be not appropriate, um, then it falls within your purview to suggest some sort of um, additional help or support. You know, that would be an opportunity to offer advice when it hasn't been asked for you. But when we're talking about just like general fitness, nutrition, habit advice, try and let it be initiated by that individual. So we've talked about sort of why it doesn't work and probably why you shouldn't just offer advice in general. Now let's talk about ways we can make it work and ways we can offer advice when asked 
that can be more effective. We can give better advice. We can give more applicable advice. And in, and uh, kind of just like I was saying in the beginning, a little bit of the, the giveaway was that advice is technically really coming from them. It's originating from their uh, true sort of desires as far as reaching their goals. So one of the ways to just... Um, kind of broach this that isn't just throwing advice at someone who hasn't asked is literally asking if they are looking for advice. So if if you hear a common challenge come up again and again and again, I just can't figure out um, my like late night stacking. It's really stressing me out. I'm just giving that as an example. You could say, oh, are you looking for me to offer a few of the suggestions that I have? Boom. You have just opened the door for them to say, no, I actually don't think I'm ready to talk about that yet. Oh, great. Then we avoided this awkward moment where I was going to give you advice you weren't looking for. Or they say, oh, yeah, I, I would. If you have any ideas, I'd love to hear them. And you might get a, I don't know if they'll work for me. That's sometimes the caveat, the the like um, concern that people drop in. But then you're hearing, you're hearing that they're already concerned that it's not going to work for them. So let's figure out ways in which um, it can work for them. So the first part, so that was number one, sort of asking if they're looking for advice, then getting really clear and asking what they think the issue is. So if the late night snacking was, we'll just go with that example here. If the late night snacking was the issue, um, the, Question I might ask is, okay, so what is the hardest thing about that, that late night snacking? What are you feeling is the biggest challenge? And you may get a variety of answers, but they're going to offer you different um, insights into how to help them. So maybe it's, oh, I don't know, I feel really hungry at night and I can't ever find something that satisfies that. Or mostly I'm really bored and I'm tired and I'm going to like snack on this stuff. Um, oh, I don't feel satiated and like I really want this one thing at the end of the night and I'm worried about it. Um, I'm, I'm not really worried about feeling out of control, but I do sort of have like stomach discomfort when I go to sleep at night. I'm having trouble falling asleep because I'm eating so late. All of those were a little bit different in terms of what they saw. And I could have, I could have, assumed that they're like stressing about late night ice cream and all they were stressing about was like not feeling good when they lay down or stressing about not feeling like they have the right thing to eat at night, whatever that may be. By asking them to to specifically name their problem, we now know what we're tackling rather than you making an assumption about it. Then you could talk to them about like, oh, here are some things that have worked for me in the past and why. Here are things that have worked for my clients in the past and why. Or here's what I think would be a great solution and why. Those three are good options. One, you're, if, it's, if it's worked for you, you just give them the um, idea that like, oh, I've had trouble with that before and this is what's helped me. I always say if you're giving advice that is specific to something you have done, you have got to remind them that this is your profession, that 
you have some things in place that make this challenge a little bit easier for you. You have resources, blah, blah, blah. Or you can say, but I don't know if my circumstances are very similar to yours. Here's here's what this was like for me. Sometimes people will say don't offer anything about what you've done, but sometimes it helps create some rapport and some empathy if you've said, oh, I've, been, I've struggled with that too. If you've had success, literally if you've had success with other clients with this, that's a great place to go. You also, if you're explaining to them what clients have done and why, each time we're explaining why that thing worked for that person, whether it was you, whether it was one of your clients, you also need to express then that you're not sure if they have the exact same scenario you do. So for someone who is struggling with like the late night snacking and you figured out something that worked for them, but they worked a nine to five and the person that you're seeing right now works shift work. And so their whole schedule is different. You can say, this is what worked, but I'm not sure that applies to your scenario. You see how I'm thinking about the circumstances that are unique to that individual client and creating a strategy that helps them. And then you could just explain without needing somebody's um, like success story, what you think would be best and why, but you're going to say that why. And then with any of these, you're going to ask, do you see any potential challenges with the um, advice I just gave you? So let's say you're asking someone, is there any way that you can eat more throughout the earlier part of the day so you can see if you're hungry later? But do you see any potential challenges with that? And they say, I'd love to do that. The problem I'm having is I don't get breaks to sit down and eat another meal. Okay, I hear you on that. Can we strategize around a couple of snacks to have earlier? Things like that. So instead of just telling them what to do and not helping them um, anticipate potential roadblocks, we, we aren't really setting them up for success. But if I'm asking questions and I'm asking them the question, what do you think might not work about that? You're already, you're not saying like, you're not saying, you're even not saying like, do you think that would be successful? You're saying, what can you, if there's anything, can you anticipate that won't work about the strategy I just gave you? And that can help them really, one, have permission to acknowledge that they're that they may have some fear of failure around that or fear of not being able to do what you said because you hold a lot of clout you offer you carry a lot of expertise here and a lot of times clients are concerned about disappointing you and you can set them up right now to go listen, I know this is going to be challenging, so let's try to anticipate what won't work now. Then we can put it into practice for a week as a trial period and sort of see what obstacles came up. As you can see, I'm just, I'm lowering the barrier with all of these conversations and then helping them think it through ahead of time. And then at all of this, you can really ask them what they think they could use help with. Talking, you know, you can give, they can give you a scenario, they can give you the potential, like the challenge they think. And maybe they don't want help with like figuring it out because they like to figure it on their own. 
What I could really use help with is just checking in every time I come in here on how my progress is going and giving me a space to talk about this. Oh my gosh, I can easily do that. You see how in that, I didn't offer advice that they didn't look for. Maybe they really love the responsibility, the autonomy. Maybe they feel better when they can figure it out on their own, but they would love some additional accountability. Or maybe they say, this isn't something I'm like, work is way too stressful for me. Can you just check in with me in a month about this? And I'll see if I I think I'm ready to tackle that. And then you know that you can also leave that off the table for a month because they can't think about it. It's all about, again, all of this is about centering your client's experience over anything else. And then applying your knowledge, applying your expertise to their individual experience, realizing that it's going to ebb and flow, realizing that this strategy is maybe going to work now and maybe not later. And maybe you're going to have to regularly ask more questions. But the whole idea is asking more questions. Let the ideas, the strategies, the tools they're going to use really come from them. And then you're just giving the scaffolding support that they are going to need in the future. So let me remind you, the things that we're thinking about doing instead of just giving unsolicited advice is asking if they want, if they're looking for advice, asking what they think the issue they need advice on is using a variety of different options for explaining what you think might work, whether it's something that's worked for you, whether it's something that's worked for a client, or whether it's something you just think is best, and then explaining the why behind that. Asking them what they anticipate as challenges with the suggestion you made, with the advice you made. And then asking what they think they could really use help with. And that might be somewhere in there. You might be able to ask that a little bit earlier. But those are the kinds of questions we're going to ask clients to make our advice more effective, foster that really um, empathetic, in-tune, emotionally intelligent, critical thinking relationship that we can, that we know we can do, and further them to actually reaching their goals. Make this a positive experience for them. Don't let your advice or ego run the show, but instead really put your clients' goals, wishes, and even more than goals, just their like day-to-day feelings and experience in front of all that. So that's the idea about uh, why giving advice doesn't work and the ways we can do better at giving advice um, in the more non-traditional sense. All right. That's all I got for you today. I hope you had a great time listening. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. Um, But as always, I'm really appreciative that you're here. I'd love your feedback. I'd love to talk about things that um, you'd like to hear on here. As always, um, you can email me, Betsy at B, the letter B, fosterstrong.com. Or you can send me a DM at foster underscore strength on Instagram. I'm always there. Um, And you can visit BeFosterStrong.com to access the free training resources. I'm going to have some courses coming your way soon, so be sure to stay tuned. Um, In the meantime, have a wonderful week. Go do amazing things 
things for your clients. And until next time, bye.